now, now, from two different studios separated by over a thousand miles and direct to you via digital podcast download. This is the VoiceOver Cafe. Good afternoon, ladies and gents, voice talents, voice talent wannabes, newbies, anybody that will listen to our podcast will consider them a good friend. Yes. This is the VoiceOver Cafe, VO News, served up piping hot. And we do have uh, some piping hot features today, Trish, because Rob Siglin-Peglia is back with another uh, award-winning legal minute. So we're, we're happy to have him back on the show. Uh, we've got Tom Deere with Totally True Tales. He's got a great one today that, uh, that you're not going to want to miss. And uh, uh, coming up in uh, just a bit here, we've got Amy Snively who I've used, by the way, uh, a friend of mine uh, by the name of Mike Wilson, who does a lot of political ads uh, in the Minneapolis area, loves Amy's voice. So we use her a lot for our our political commercials. Hmm. And I just pop because I don't have my pop filter on. I apologize for that. Uh, but she's going to be on. Amy is the uh, the brainchild behind FAFCON 5. Now, Trish, you've been to a few FAFCONs before. Uh, and that event is coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina in less than a month. Uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, I know Amy's coming up later, but Trish, what is what is some what are some of your experiences with uh, FAFCON and uh, was it worth your while? Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be my fourth FAFCON. There has been five. I missed the very first one in Portland, which I still kick myself for missing. But uh, so I've been to three. And yeah, the fact that I'm going to the fourth should say something as to what I thought of the the previous three. It's an amazing experience. It's uh, I learn so, so much because you're working with other pros. You do have to be a working. uh, You don't have to be full time, but you do have to be a working pro like already into after the demos and training and all that and already starting to get work you do need to have some experience to get into fafcon because um and so at that starting at that level and up there's a whole you know it runs the whole gamut for uh different levels of experience and people are just great at uh in the voiceover industry to share ideas share marketing you know methods things that we use to get work and help each other uh, get work, you know, as a community. Well, that sounds great. This is going to be my first one. I'm embarrassed to admit that, but uh, the dates just haven't worked out for me in the past. But uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting in there and uh, learning some stuff and, and maybe even speaking on a couple different subjects. Amy was on board with it. I haven't heard what that subject is going to be yet, but I'm sure that you're getting up in front of people and, and talking for a while. Are you not? Yeah, I th- I think we've been talking uh, about maybe doing a social media session, um, and uh, and I didn't do I did one. Let's see, did I, I did one at the very first one that I went to, and then I skipped one, and then I did one. I did a session at the last Fafcon, but I really enjoy being part. You know, even if you just take one session out to teach, um, I I enjoy you know being up in front of people kind of explaining to them mostly on the social media aspect you know there are a lot of people that still don't know how to get work through social media so you know that's kind of my you know people have dubbed me the twitter queen so i might as well try to uh you know live up to that and help people during fafcon very cool somebody just sent me a friend request on foursquare can you hang on i really need to take care of this (laughs) I didn't even know I had that notification 
thing on my iPhone, but man, that was distracting. Is, does anybody still use Foursquare? I don't anymore. I I kind of got past that, and I just use the check-ins. I yeah, feel bad. Yeah, but. when Facebook started uh, implementing their check-in, it seemed like that kind of kind of took over. But speaking of social media, I couldn't help but notice the fantastic tip you left in VoiceOver Camp uh, mm-hmm. the other day about uh, you know when somebody's casting for a gig and asking for demos, don't send them all in an attachment. <laughs> Can you tell us yeah. a little bit more? Because we like to give out good voiceover tips on this show, um, something that you can kind of take home and something that you find valuable. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about that tip that you shared in VoiceOver Camp about uh, sending files. Well, uh, where it stemmed from was I originally had, I had a casting through my Spanish casting site, voicecasa.com. And um, I had a client that was looking for a particular voice and they, uh, it was somebody that we had um, a good variety of a good choice, you know, of several voices on the site yet. So what we did was we did a little, you know, I, I reached to my extended networking circles and I put it out there, um, put my email address out there, uh, Trish at VoiceCasa.com, to have people send demos to. We were looking for something very specific. Um, I think it was uh, it was Puerto Rican, uh, yeah, Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican Spanish that mm-hmm. we were looking for. So people saw that. I put it on LinkedIn and a few other voiceover forums on Facebook. And I proceeded to get some emails with people sending their demos, which I was requesting. However, someone sent... 21 megabytes of audio. Oh, man. It was like seven or eight different demos, and they were zip files, so I can't even imagine how much the original files were, uh, how big they were, but it was 21 megs, and it I was I was really annoyed. So if you're sending people, you know, even if they're requesting demos, just try to send the most specific demos you possibly can or send a link, you know, put a download link on your website and send people a link to that. That way they can download the ones that they want. They listen and they decide. But sending someone that much, anything over five megs, I would say, is really it's kind of, it's it's very rude uh, to, to really kind of clog somebody's inbox like that well i'm surprised so, it even got to you and and did it did it make no. your computer start on fire <laughs> i was afraid started smoking at least oh well half the time it'll sit in your outbox and, and not even go anywhere but i mean there's some there's some tremendous sites out there there's mailbag there's you send it dropbox there's a lot of, of free online tools that you can use to send really large files and uh, i know there's a lot of photographers out there uh, that that use uh, these products as well because you know these some of these photos can be very large as well and it works the same way with audio I mean especially if you're doing a wave file uh, if you have a client that wants a wave file you know two minutes into it I mean you're already well over ten megs so you always mm-hmm. want to use one of, like a file sending site like you uh, you send it or or Dropbox so that well, that was a great tip that you put in Voiceover Camp if you are new by the way. To the voiceover industry and want to join us at Voiceover Camp, you just go to facebook.com slash groups slash voiceover camp and put in uh, your request to be a part of that group. We've got some good conversations that uh, usually uh, take place and a few veterans like ourselves to kind of uh, uh, put everything into uh, 
what's what's yeah perspective when uh, somebody starts to say something on there that's not true. <laughs> no, it does happen from time to time, but no, we uh, we got a great we got a really good group of people on there. So uh, if you want to be a part of that group, uh, go ahead and uh, send your request into that. Um, but uh, speaking of files, Trish, I get a lot. We get a lot of questions uh, from newer voice talents about well when they start when they when it comes time to start marketing their demos do they just send demos to clients talent agents production companies via email and uh and you can shed some light on this too my answer to that would be uh a if you're dealing with talent agents it's always very important to follow the protocol on the website they'll usually have a section on there for new talents if they want a CD sent to them in the mail, please don't send them an attachment of an MP3. Uh, that's not a good way to start the relationship. And what you're doing is you're proving to the agent immediately that you cannot take direction. Um, so follow the protocol on the website. If you're dealing with audiovisual services or production companies, it's always a good idea if you're, if you're going to do a little email marketing. Uh, send them an email and just find out if they're looking for voice talents and then ask them if it's okay to send them. Uh, a demo, either via snail mail or an attachment. Nobody likes to get these uh, attachments. We get them on VoiceOver Club all the time, Trish. People will send an attachment of like seven or eight of their demos, kind of like what you just got from that audition notices. And it's just way, way too intrusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. So, yeah, just check out the resources first um, that are out there. And, you know, before you send somebody like that much audio. And something, Terry, that I wanted to readdress, if you remember a couple of episodes back, we had talked about, we kind of brought a new feature and we got some cool feedback on it, but we also got some questionable feedback on it. People asking a lot of questions. Uh, our voice crushes. Uh, mine yes. was Doug Turkell and yours was Bob and Beam. And we explained why we liked them so much. But I think that we should probably go a little further and explain to anyone that doesn't know Doug or Bobbin. And maybe just um, kind of point them in the right direction and... Um and, and mention them a little bit more. What do you think? Yeah, we didn't. We just kind of, yeah, we just kind of dropped their name and it's like, we, yeah, we didn't really say anything more. So I am completely on board. Okay. Yeah. Cause it was kind of a new feature and we were just checking it out. And I think we did it pretty spontaneously. So we just kind of moved on pretty quickly. But um, so, so Doug Turkel is at unnouncer.com, which is just brilliant. If you have never seen Doug's branding before, he is a branding genius. He's a marketing guy and he's just a, an incredibly talented VO guy on top of everything. So um, his, he, it's unnouncer, U N Nouncer. So it's U N N Nouncer. Um, or UN announcer. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. But it's like, un, you know, he's he's not that, you know, announcer, like actual announcer, A-N-N sound. Um, it's, you know, he's he's not the announcer type, not the announcer radio DJ style. So he kind of focuses on that, but, at, but actually it's a little bit of a play on words. So, um, and actually I'm going to... Um, just double check. I'm pretty sure it's just unnouncer.com. And it is. So listen to Doug's demo. Uh, we got a little snippet of it for you here. And um, he's a very talented guy. And if you um, definitely follow in his footsteps with marketing, if you possibly can, he get, talk to Doug about marketing if you possibly can. Um, if you ever get him, you know, at an event or something, he's, he's uh, really amazing. Just call him. Call him at like midnight. He loves that. 
<laughs> no, don't call Doug. <laughs> All right, should we play his demo? Yeah. I'm sitting in a new Chevy Malibu with OnStar turn-by-turn navigation, which comes standard for the first year. If I want to get somewhere, I just push the OnStar button. There is a road that exists, I think, in the mind of every Buick engineer. A bending, twisting, exhilarating road that serves as a reminder of why we build cars. XM has America's largest playlist of commercial-free music. Plus, get over 5,000 live sporting events. XM Satellite Radio. Listen large. Tonight on NBC, on an all-new Celebrity Apprentice. One t- Good stuff. I think we should uh, probably counter that and play uh, Bob and Beam's demo, don't you think? Yes, sir. What's her uh, What's her website? I think she's... Isn't she bobandbeam.com? Again, I have to check on this, too. I don't have it bookmarked anyway. Let me... Uh, let me look real quick. Hang on. Oh, I put in Bob and Bam. <laughs> <laughs> what came up? Nothing. Oh, good. <laughs> good. Uh, I, yeah, it is bobandbeam.com. She's got a little video there. Bobbin uh, is great at like the telephony stuff, e-learning narration, audiobook. She can really do it all. She's really uh, a well... Uh, well-versed in, yeah, well-rounded in the uh, the voiceover industry. So, uh, let's take a listen to Ms. Bob and Beam's demo. Now take a free two-minute joint screening assessment to see if you are a candidate for joint replacement. The ideal ride: comfortable, fast, exotic, and it comes with a 200 horsepower, 3.5 liter V6. Less time lying awake with aches and pains, and more time asleep than Tylenol PM. The difference is a better night's sleep. People, Gungans, droids, and even Wampas are excited about the new destinations from Star Tours, departing daily from Disney's Hollywood Studios. New in- All right, so uh, very talented individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be- I love Bobbin, too. She's a great lady. I've met her many times, and she and I are like, she's my... She's my sister from another mother. <laughs> she's kind of your. She's kind of your muse. She is. She's. She's awesome and uh, a great lady. Very talented. And by the way, she spells her name B O B B I N, Beam B E A M, like Jim Beam. Very memorable. She's trying very, to yell at me for that now. <laughs> very memorable name. A very uh, memorable person. If you if you get a chance to meet her. So and we'll be doing this voice crush feature from time to time. Uh, so stay tuned for that in the in the very near future. Mm, if you have your own voice crush, maybe we could start taking, uh, you know, votes um, or, you know, just have people submitting their own voice crush. You can't submit your own voice. It has, has to be somebody Yeah, else's. we don't. I mean, we're already self-absorbed enough. We don't have to have people submit their own names. It's pro- that sounds like something we would do, Trish. <laughs> no, but you can write us too, Trish at voiceoversbytrish.com, Terry at universalvoicetalent.com. Uh, we'll soon have our Facebook page up as soon as I can find some time to, to put it together. Probably here in the next yeah. couple of weeks, uh, we'll get that going too. But um, uh, So stay tuned for that. All right, now, should- what's that? I'm sorry. Do you, do you think that we should do a, a Facebook group? Maybe. I know people are probably grouped out, but if we promised to only post when there's a new episode up, do you think that people would? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should just kind of let people write to us and let us know if they would join a group. Yeah. If we only post it. You know, it's not going to be a place where you're going to read about the latest coaching because there's plenty of places. Oh, yeah. That, seminars. going to be done. Seminars, teleseminars, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't mind when people post that stuff in the voiceover groups mm-hmm. as long as they also engage in conversation. 
right. with uh, with right. different True. topics. But I, I just I'm not a fan of people that just use all of the voiceover groups just as a way to post a link to a, a seminar that they're doing. And, you know, I post my blog. Yeah, I post my stuff in there, but I also make comments and engage in conversation. So people also know that I'm real. And now, Totally True Tales with Tom Deere. You can't make this sh- up. Hi there, this is Tom Deere with another edition of Totally True Tales with Tom Deere. I'm sure that many of you in the voiceover industry have noticed a correlation between the amount of money paid to do a voiceover and the amount of stress and retakes that are required to do said project. What I mean is, the less they pay you, the more of a pain it is to do. We're all familiar with this. So I have a client, I have been working with them all year, they've been fantastic, and then I get the email, hey, we've got a client, there's a project, and they don't have a big budget, you know, da 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 what can you do? And I'm like, okay, um, well, how about this? And they're like, mm. and I'm like, well, how about this? They're like, mm. and I'm like, Ugh. fine, I've been working with them for a while, how about this? They're like, okay, I think the client will go for that. So, um, and it's understandable why they don't want to pay me what I'd normally charge, because it's not me doing the full-blown spot. I am a character in a spot. What character do you ask? Um, I play a fish. I play a fish who's hanging out with other fish who are making fun of another fish because of the dumb way that he goes about trying to get a job. So I do my lines. There's two particular things that my client says, well, the client would like you to do this part again, one of which was a laugh. And another was me saying, oh, no. So we go through the laugh and, you know, they want it this way. They want it that way. So we get through all that. And it's like, okay, fine. We got the laugh out of the way. And they're like, okay, let's address the uh, the oh, no. The oh, no. The, here, the context of the oh, no is that I'm supposed to say, oh, no, while I am being trapped in a net. So I give them a bunch of oh, no's. Um, and they're like, no, you know, we don't want it like that. Um, you know, we, we want it like this. And so I'm like, trying like this. And they're like, no, 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 that's not quite right. I do this thing like four or five takes. It's, it's like getting ridiculous. So my client, who's, by the way, as sweet as pie and very sympathetic about the whole situation, she says, okay, this is what the client wrote me. So and she forwarded it to me. And he said, I don't say it should be exact, but he can scream, oh, no, imagining in a way that he has been lifted by an net. Yeah. So um, I will now play for you uh, the actual, I think I did like six takes of the oh no's that he was happy with. So here it is. Oh no. Yeah. So that was that. Um, Obviously the client was happy, uh, or at least I hope he was, uh, because they haven't asked me to do any more takes. What I would like to do now is, for you and for me, is, um, and also just for my, as as a voice actor who has been classically trained, the way that I, if I were a fish, making fun of another fish um, who had a stupid way of getting a new job, how I would react if I was being suddenly uh, lifted by a net. <clears throat> Holy f- What the f- is going on here? Who's, what's this f***ing net? Damn it. Oh, you son of a bitch! I'm going to get you. Oh my God, I'm in this f***ing net. I am so f***ed. I am f***ed. I am f***ed. Help. Help me. Oh, f***. Me, oh, son of a For Totally True Tales, this is Tom Deere. And now, it's Rob Sig... Uh, it's Rob S. with the Legal Minute. Hi, this is Rob Sig with another Legal Minute. I got a call yesterday from a voice talent asking me the age-old question, one I've heard time and time again. 
he was approached by a person calling himself a talent agent. And the agent said he would sign the person as a client. But the agent also said that if he paid him 500 bucks, he would be entitled to take a couple of classes. He'd be able to get uh, some new demos and uh, a couple of other various things that he offered. This talent called me and asked my opinion as to whether I thought he should sign with this agent or this person calling himself an agent. I gave him the advice that I give everybody who asks me that same question. You should not have to pay any money out of your pocket to sign up with an agency. In fact, if you're a union member, that practice is strictly prohibited by the union. And that action could even be considered criminal out in L.A. where they passed a new law recently to prohibit the, those kinds of activities. Agents that are franchised or approved by the union can be found on the union website, sagafter.org, and those franchised agents can only charge 10% commission for jobs that their clients have booked. But keep in mind, there is also a difference between a manager and an agent. Managers are not regulated by anybody, the union or anyone else, and agents are. Now, I know that some agents legitimately charge you $25 to be listed on their website or nominal things like that. Even that practice is a gray area. So while it might be legitimate to pay $25 or something nominal like that to be listed on an agent's website, it's still a practice where the actor has to use a risk-benefit analysis and decide whether paying that $25 a month is going to get them a return on their investment or if it's just a ruse by the agent to get as many actors as they can to sign up on their website. Another thing about agencies, whenever an agent gives you a contract to sign, you shouldn't assume that the terms in that contract are written in stone. You should definitely have an entertainment lawyer look over the terms in those contracts because a lot of times there are things in there that really should be changed. For instance, if an agent is asking you to sign a 5 or 10 year contract or some lengthy contract, that could potentially be a dangerous thing to your career. Because if that agent is not doing everything they can to market you and get you out there, and you have no way to get out of that contract so that you can hire another agent, well, you can see how that could put you behind the eight ball a little bit, or even destroy your career in some circumstances. So bottom line, before you let the excitement blind you into just signing away on the dotted line, make sure you have an experienced entertainment lawyer look over the contracts to make sure there are no legal pitfalls. Again, this is Rob Sigampeglia with a Legal Minute. All right, without further ado, we've got the queen of FAFCON on the line with us on the VoiceOver Cafe. Amy Snively, how the hell are you? I'm great. Thank you, Terry. Uh, tell us exactly, uh, you know, was this your, was FAFCON your idea originally? How, how exactly were you, did you wake up in the middle of the night? It was like three in the morning. All of a sudden, hey, this we need to do this. Actually, that's not far off. Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of talk um, amongst uh, voiceover friends how we really just loved getting together and that we wish that there was some way for us to um, get together in a more casual um, setting, that something that more closely addressed the concerns and needs of the working voiceover pro uh, exclusively, you know, uh, while there are a lot of events to serve multiple different uh you know, points on the voiceover journey, so to speak, uh, there just seems to be an underserved group of people, the people who wake up every morning and climb into their padded cell and, you know, bang on this thing. Uh, and so um, there was that and friends looking for a way to get together and just kind of hang. And, and the observation of how sometimes the best learning is the conversations that just happen in the hallway or sitting in the lobby bar. And then the additional level was that my husband attended a tech conference 
called the Scala Liftoff, which was an unconference facilitated by the terrific unconference facilitator Kalia Hamlin. And he really was he was describing that format, and it was so intriguing to me that I began began um, researching uh, open space technology and uh, functional get-togethers, like, uh, you know, the kind of lightly structured get-together that an unconference is, and what works, what doesn't, did a lot of Googling of, you know, the such-and-such unconference sucked, and, you know, looking for ways, what do people hate about them, what do people love about them, and for, I became just consumed with that until, uh, till FAFCON, till I I felt like I had all the little pins in place, and then there was FAFCON. Uh, When, when did things really start to kind of I mean, the first one was a big hit. I, I do know that. Um, but when did things really, you felt like uh, like the, the rumors started to spread, so to speak, the good rumor of, of the fact that this was a huge, you know, a, a big hit. The very first one was, was a, you know, a, a big success and, and so many more people wanted to come to the second one. When, when was that like apparent to you? Do you think that it actually happened at the first event? Well, I'll, I'll never forget uh, I stayed up all night long. Uh, the FAFCON team wasn't in place, really, for the first one. There was some help from a couple of impo- impossibly to... It's impossible for me to thank enough girlfriends, uh, Connie and Pam. Uh, but for... Uh, and, and a bunch of other people jumped in, too. I mean, so there was a lot of people who, who helped, but there wasn't really a formal team in place. And so I was up all night long before the morning of the first FAFCON, Saturday morning, and making the grid on the wall and that kind of thing, and just you know, stressing out because now here we were, all these people had flown from knows where all over the country. And I was, now I had to deliver on this thing that I'd been talking up and uh, I had to make it all come true. It was pretty anxiety producing. I was totally fine until I got there. I'm like, holy crap. Now there really has to be FAFCON. And uh, I was turning off the lights and I turned off a switch. And instead of turning off the lights, a giant projector screen descended over the grid and I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is an opportunity. So someone came and showed me how to turn off the lights, and I left the screen there. And then the next morning, everyone came, and they sat in the circle, and then I walked up to the microphone, and Sam Mowry was running audio, and he had this really expectant, darling, encouraging look on his face that I, I was like, oh, at least I'll have great big Sam here. If everyone bobs me and it's all going wrong, you know, Sam will protect me. And uh, then I... Um, explained a little bit of what was going to happen. I I said, here we are. And everyone started to applaud. And then I pointed to, gosh, was it Doug? I can't remember now. Somebody hit the switch and the screen came up and there was the grid and people started screaming as I remember it. I mean, just, just clapping and screaming and people were on their feet and whistling. And I started to cry. You know, wow. because it's like, okay, here we are. It's going to really work. It, and these people just jumped right in. And it was right then that I knew that we had something important. Mm-hmm. Then at the end of the weekend, when people were sharing about what it had meant to them and what they had accomplished during the event, I knew, you know, the first FAFCON was not FAFCON 1. It was FAFCON. I didn't know there would be a second one. I didn't announce the location of the second one at the end of it. Uh, It was a thing I had. It was a thing that we did together. I didn't have any plan. But then, of course, there had to be a second one because immediately, as soon as those people started hitting social media about how they had felt about Portland, uh, I got an email from one person, and I won't say who it was, but you know, someone that we actually all know, 
who wrote me an email that said, not going to FAFCON and not taking that chance may well have been the biggest strategic error I've made in my voiceover career to date. Wow. And that was when I started looking for a location for FAFCON too. <laughs> Trish, and why so did you have to send you... that in? <laughs> <laughs> how could you betray Amy like that for the love of... No, I think it's I think it's great. It's nice because, you know, there's there's plenty of stuff for pros to do online, obviously, to uh, freshen up and learn new stuff. But there really wasn't a good event out there. There's so many different voiceover events that are really targeted toward the quote unquote newbie. But when sure. when these started to uh, come to fruition, this, these were great events for the voiceover pro. And that's what I really respect about them. I'm embarrassed to admit that uh, this one coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina is my first one. I'm so glad you're finally coming. Which I think is pathetic that that I have not gone to any of these other ones. But the dates, of course, didn't work out. But this is I can't wait to go to this this new event uh, in uh, in North Carolina. But I really like that you spread them all over the country as well. And uh, with the different locations, uh, is Fafcon Six going to come to Minneapolis? Was my question. Oh, I would love to have it in Minneapolis <laughs> or Chicago. I love Chicago is too expensive. I looked into it. Um, I. I have not priced Minneapolis, um, but or the, the Twin Cities in general, or the, or the surrounding metro area. But uh, Chicago, we couldn't get in at any of the times that is good for us right. um, because of either sports or you know other citywide conventions. And so uh, we're looking at other Midwest locations. But the location for Falcon Six has been selected, and uh, we've already done all the site visits and all that. It's um, it gets done. Pr- Actually, the horizon for planning Favcon is much longer than people think. So uh, we were already moving on to the next event after Favcon 6 as far as the planning horizon. There's just so much work that, that goes into each one of these uh, in order to make it seem like there no work has gone into them. I mean, the, the trans... The, um, setting it all up so that it's all transparent and happens as if by magic is actually... requires quite a lot of pedaling under the surface of the water, so... Well, tell us like a little bit about what kind of goes on inside, you know, a couple of the events. Like, take us through a day at Fafcon. Okay. Uh, well, the first first thing that happens at Fafcon is the uh, Friday field trip, and that's uh, sometimes people. It's sort of sneaky. Sometimes people don't really realize what that's about, and they they don't recognize that what it is. It's an industry mixer for people who spend most of their time sitting in a padded room talking to themselves. So instead of making people put on a cocktail dress and stand in a hotel ballroom with a plastic cup of Chablis, we plan an activity that has everybody doing a shared thing together. And whether it's making their own custom chocolate bar and riding on a little ride that tells about the how chocolate is made with animatronic cows, or whether it's uh, touring the CNN studios, or as in this case, we are doing a um, a fun thing at the NASCAR Hall of Fame where we're breaking down into teams and competing against each other in NASCAR-related activities. So there'll be little trophies, and it's just going to be really fun. And so I, I have this um, something I learned early in my just general life, not VO life, is that adversity breeds 
intimacy. And so putting people into this situation where they all have to kind of like, you know, they're they're side by side with a hairnet on or they're trying to steer a car or whatever it is that they're doing, that kind of activity uh, helps people to connect with each other and conversations are born of that as opposed to standing around with a handful of business cards and awkward, you know. So I think yeah, it's no a, it helps the group really bond. So the group bonds, then we do the opening circle where uh, they get a brief orientation to uh, crowdsourced agenda setting. And then uh, then we start setting the agenda. People start pulling out the color-coded cards and writing down their name and the topic they'd like to lead. And we place them, um, in, divide them up by uh, topic type, and we, we put them on the big grid on the wall. Generally, there's some karaoke involved after that. And then the next morning, we wake up and, um, and, and we dive right into it. You know, there's a... a People get on the mic and explain and announce their session. Um, there's a, there are slight minor variations to it each time, but this time you know you'll we'll set the agenda on Friday night, Saturday morning. People will get up and just announce their session one by one. Everyone goes to the grid, writes down what they're going to do, and then a chime goes off, and they go to their first session, and off you go, it's off to the races. Then we get together at the end of, of that day um, to. Um, get it together, get ready for day two. And then we do it all over again on day two. And then we have the, af- the FAFTER party. And then, and then people just cry and hug goodbye as if they just spent a week at camp. It's well, true. I, we can't wait to go. I know Trish is just a huge karaoke fan. And uh, I'm sure she'll be out there we belting do. out a couple of Tony Basil hits. Yes. He's being sarcastic. And, uh, <laughs> well, I am about her. But you know, Amy, you can count on me for a couple of Johnny Cash tracks. Oh, yes. He actually is really good. (laughs) I've heard Terry's uh, Johnny Cash. I'm not going to take it so serious where I'm actually going to dress up as the man in black. Okay. But uh, I will fire off a couple of Cash tunes and you you will love it. You will love it. No. Uh, Well, that sounds great. We're really looking forward to it. So what would people have to do? I I, I know that, you know, this is kind of an event that that is geared towards, you know, voiceover pros with experience. But what is your protocol for talents who would be interested in FAFCON 6? Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to be doing it a little bit different this next time because uh, FAFCON 3 sold out in just a few days. FAFCON 4 sold out, we say seven hours, but really only took us seven hours to notice that we had sold out because we were like, we were just so inundated and the system kept getting brought down. In real life, we sold out in in, in like less than half that time uh, as far as the number of um, applicants. Because then what we do is we go through the applications and uh, we have a vetting committee. I'm not on the vetting committee. Um, the uh, vetting committee just checks everybody out, makes sure that they really are a, a, a working pro. Uh, and that's not because we're elitist, scumbag, click mean girls. It's because um, it's not really that at all. It's uh, it's really important when you have an event where you're asking the attendees to not just be participants and attendees of the, the various sessions, but you're asking them to also be the content producers. Uh, we want to make sure that we screen out anybody who may not really have anything to give at this point in their career. Now, we don't screen out people who don't realize that they do have something to give. Uh, the, there are a lot of people, oh, well, I would, I'm just there to learn, you know, and, and they don't really realize that, in fact, they do have an opinion and they, they kind of get their feet a little bit when they get there. But uh, we just... We don't want FAFCON to be some great big nipple that people come and suck from. It's a something that is more of a potluck. And as you know, as Grandma Faffy always says, no one likes a potluck guest who 
only brings a fork. So we <laughs> oh, lovely. <laughs> we only invite people who might have a uh, like a you know even if it's just a you know a a paper cup full of noodles you know just something. I always envision myself as being. You know, the old stone soup story, you know, the folk tale about the person standing in the, in the square with a big, you know, pot of boiling water and a few rocks. And, and then the villagers come by and, and they're like, well, so what do you got there? Oh, I'm making stone soup. Can I have some? What do you, you want to bring something? And pretty soon someone's brought some meat and some celery and some, uh, you know, onions and, and carrots. And that's, I'm just the girl with the pot. And I've got a big pot of boiling water and some rocks in it. And uh, the people who come to FAFCON uh, have the groceries. And they are the ones who stick the stuff in the pot. And by the time um, everybody's there, you can really smell that simmering. Uh, and so that's why we're giving out um, uh, deodorant, actually, in the conference bags this time. Just kidding. Not really. You cannot smell these people. It's just a metaphor. Uh, but you can really tell that something delicious is about to happen. And that's, uh, that's really FAFCON distilled down to its essence right there. Well, so we have to weed out people who um, who just are like, you know, smell the soup and, and want to just come have some of it, but don't really have anything to stick in the pot. Right. Well, we're looking forward to the event. Amy, we we know you're very busy, so we'll let you go here, but we appreciate you coming on. What is the, the website? Is there a website that people can go to to find information about the FAFCON events? <laughs> Yeah, uh, fafcon.com, F as in Frank, A, F as in Frank, F as in Frank, C-O-N as in Nancy, dot com. Wonderful. Well, well, we'll let you get back to work, and we'll see you in less than a month in Charlotte. Oh, the scary. Woo. Can't wait. All right, awesome. Thank you, Amy. See you guys soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. All right. Well, Trish, this is just going to be a hell of an event. Yeah, I'm I'm so looking forward to it. Like I said, it's different every time. I mean, you know, it is um, because it's in a different place and a different venue every time you just, you know, and, and there are different people that go every time, too. So it's a, you know, but it, it's it's just a really great uh, and amazing event. So I'm, I'm so glad you're finally coming. And of course, Dave Corvo is not going to be there. I know, I know. The third, the, uh, the third us. piece of the pie is going to be missing with the big, the, the, uh, the, the super socials. So that's, that's kind of a drag, but, uh, uh, there's going to be so many of our, our VO friends there and we're just going to have a blast. I can't wait. All right. Well, Trish, thank you for, uh, for coming on and, uh, thank you all sure. for listening to the voiceover cafe VO news served up piping hot. Again, we'd like to thank Amy Snively for her time and telling us about FAFCON. We'd like to thank Tom Deere for another uh, exciting episode of Totally True Tales. And, of course, Rob Siglin-Paglia with The Legal Minute. Uh, always appreciate uh, having those talents uh, contribute to our great show. Uh, thanks again, Trish, and uh, we'll see you soon. All righty. Bye, Terry. That's a wrap on another episode of The VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org.